Hello and welcome to the Financial Fixer Podcast. I am your host, Amanda Delaney. I want to thank you so much for showing up here to listen today. I hope that you absolutely love this show. I'm going to keep it nice and short and nuggety today. But before I get started, I want to ask you, if this is your first time, I am so happy to have you here and thank you again for popping in and I really hope that you'll come back and a great way to be able to come back is to follow or subscribe to this show so that you never miss an episode. If you've been here a while, if you listen regularly, thank you again. That means a lot to me. I'm going to keep this really short, sweet, high level. I'm going to be talking about how to get on the financial independence fast track. And there's so much more in depth that we could go into today. There's really a lot to it, but it doesn't have to be complex and complicated. There are simplified steps. I'm going to give five ways today for you to get on the fast track. Make sure that you write these things down and incorporate them, whether you want to work it out through your own system and incorporate these steps, you absolutely can. But if you'd like to get some help, some support, some guidance on this, be sure to absolutely reach out to me, the financial fixer and or my community to ask some questions. The first thing you should do if you are struggling in getting on track to become financially independent, as I said, building a net worth to the point where your money will work for you and it will pay you a paycheck so that you don't have to actively work, which is the goal for your freedom years. I don't like to say the word retirement. I I guess it's because it's got tired in the word and retirement just, I don't know, it just sounds like a something I don't want. I personally want to work forever if I enjoy it. And if it's something that I love, it wouldn't be considered work for me. It's just, I want to continue to create and to build and to grow and develop myself. So, and that's just me and, and some of you that may be listening are like, nope, I just want to stop working. I want to go lay out on a beach. I want to just enjoy my life. I want to go sailing. I want to go overseas. I want to travel the world. I want to live in an RV, whatever that is for you, that's amazing. And that needs to be obviously your goal that you put on your vision board and you really think clearly and you put that vision out there and you manifest it and you do the action steps that you need to take to get there. But with that, I want you to look around, right? So if you're struggling to get on the fast track to financial independence, what's going on around you? People that are in your space, your reference group, Right. I don't remember the quote exactly, but we're just like the five people in our reference group, the main five people in our res- reference group, whatever that is. We're just like them. Right. And so if there are people that are in your life, whether this is friends, coworkers, your spouse, your parents, your siblings, if you're hanging out with these people on a regular basis and they're struggling with their finances and they're not on track to becoming financially independent, or they're not even trying, I would consider if I were you in your shoes, I would consider changing my reference group. I mean, obviously, if these are people that you're in tied relationships to like blood related, I'm not saying leave your family behind and just don't ever hang out with them. Don't show up to holidays, things like that. But I would just say, turn down the volume of those people. And if you can create some distance there, I highly recommend it. And then work on getting into groups, getting into communities, and just surrounding yourself with 
individuals, other women, if you're a woman, other men, people that are going to lift you up and to encourage you because they've been there, done that, and they're on the other side or they're getting to the other side. They're on their journey too, right? You will eventually start to manifest and create what it is that you want because you're going to start wanting and you're going to start seeing the possibilities and the proof because you'll be able to easily reference what it is that they're doing so that you can do the same and follow and embody those systems and steps and strategies, right? So look around you, really assess what's happening in your environment and the people that are in it and just start creating some distance. And if you need to, if you feel it's necessary because they don't have the same visions as you or whatever the case. But with that, obviously stay close to those that you love from a distance if those people that you love are not making you feel like it's possible. Once you start making a change and you start transforming your finances and your situation, you will see that some of them will start to want to do what you're doing. And maybe you can make be the change and be the impact for others. That's the whole point in getting into those rooms as well, is for you to start serving and helping others grow at the same time. Hey, hey, I just wanted to pop in here real quick to tell you about my free community. If you're not a Financial Fixer community member yet, now's the time. This is where my podcast listeners and followers of the Fixer Money Method are coming together and having the conversation about money. You know, the money talk that's not easy to do out in the general population and in many cases at home and in our inner circles. I do trainings and share access to resources in my community that I don't share anywhere else. Best of all, it's free. So grab the link in the show notes to the Financial Fixer community over on Facebook and be sure to tell them that the Financial Fixer podcast sent you. I have a special gift for you if you're a podcast listener. So be sure to mention that when you answer the entry questions. I'll see you on the inside. Number two, get on a financial routine. All right. Make just like you would get on a workout routine, just like you would get on a nutrition routine. Waking up at 5 a.m., whatever it is that, that you're doing to make yourself better, if your finances are not on that list of the thing that is a routine, like that's not being made into a routine where you're every day doing the same thing consistently every week, every month, every three months, every year, taking a look at your finances that needs to change. That needs to be added in to your to your routine, a financial routine. So what that means is investigate. Investigate everything. Monthly budget, obviously, is going to help you do such, okay? You're going to be able to investigate because you're going to be tracking your spending. You're going to be putting it all under a microscope routinely, right? And as you do that, you'll start assessing things like the car you drive right? Do you have too much vehicle? Are you upside down in your vehicle? How much is your car payment per month? How long is it going to take you to get out of that car debt, right? Is it 500? Is it 600? Is that car really worth your future? I mean, I hope this isn't too trigger worthy. I think it's important that this message really comes across. But, you know, sometimes I'll hear a client or someone that I'm talking to 
they'll say, well, I can't lower my car payment. I can't get out of this car or, you know, there's no other option. I have to have this vehicle because of the kids and things like that. Just be opened, be open to looking into downsizing your vehicle and seeing if you can lower that payment or even make it zero. It's it, anything is possible where there's a will, there is a way, right? Another big one is food habits. How are you eating? Are you cooking at all? Are you packing your lunch? Are you packing snacks? Are you famished when you're out and you're running around and you're ending up stopping and buying junk? What is happening with the food? And are you spending too much time in the grocery store? I'll put a link in the show notes to Instacart. I'm a big, big, big believer in Instacart. The biggest reason is, first of all, you can pick up for delivery. You don't have to pay a delivery fee, okay? But the biggest reason I'm an advocate about it is because <laughs> you don't have to go into the store. Avoiding going into the store is going to avoid those temptations. You're going to not end up grabbing crap off of the end caps and you know, oh, I need this. I needed that too. Oh, I want that. I want that. And it all, if you have kids, I don't know about you, but I know me. Like, first of all, I'm a food hoarder. I can't be trusted in the store. I, I'm, I'm probably going to podcast on this later. I was walking through the store the other day and I'm telling you it's rare, but my son, I wanted gummy worms. Okay. I was, I promised him I was going to get him gummy worms after school as a treat. Okay. And so I didn't have any so I went into Publix and I'm walking around Publix and I kid you not, I was shady AF in the store. I looked like I was there to steal something. I felt that way anyways. I felt like uncomfortable. I was walking around just like, what do I do? The reason was because I didn't have a list. First of all, anytime I walk into a store, I have a list if I ever do. And second of all, I'm hardly ever there. So I don't know where anything is at. And because I'm so extra hypersensitive about what's at the store and about all the excitement of shopping, I get stimulated by like all this stuff to buy. That's just me. And I don't know, maybe you can resonate with that. Maybe you're picking up on what I'm putting down here. Maybe this is you, right? So I felt this compulsion to try to buy things that I didn't come there for. Of course, I went to the place to get the candy and I ended up getting the candy but I could absolutely see myself just falling down that rabbit hole of continuing to pick things up and put them in my little basket. Like legit, I, I can't be trusted. And so anyways, back to shopping online, you avoid all of that. Yes, it's not going to ever be perfect. Maybe you'll have to run into the store from time to time. But as you start doing that and becoming very routined about ordering your groceries online, it will blow your mind how much money you will save. And people, okay, this might be a rebuttal here. So what if the cost of some of the items are up, right? Because, you know, online shoppers, they they charge a little up fee on each of the items, right? A few cents here, a few cents there. I don't really know what it is. But it's always higher than what it is in the store. But it's slight. It's super slight. So say your whole bill comes to maybe five, six dollars more, which again, I'm just guesstimating using round numbers here. I don't really know what it is, but it's not major. It's not really that noticeable. Is it really worth that five dollars that you might save by going into the store for you to go in there in the first place? What's your opportunity cost? If you go into the store, 
are you more likely to buy crap you don't need? I mean, that's a question. Ask yourself that question. Is it worth it for me to save that money, especially on the convenience too? My life will be so much easier if I don't have to go shopping. Oh my God, right? How much time will I save? That's a whole other thing, right? We can talk about the amount of money that you'll save just on that opportunity of convenience of not having to spend that time in the store. But is that $5 that you might save in fees really worth it for you to like, oh, I'm going to go in because I want to save five bucks? right? Probably not. You're probably going to save a hell of a lot more, 20, 30, 50, $100 by not going to the store because you didn't impulsively spend money, right? So something to think about. So another thing is unnecessary subscriptions, right? So we're still on the whole financial routine. This, these are the things that you find when you're on a budget is those subscriptions that maybe you don't need and what if you're, you've got Apple Pay connected to all this stuff, right? Which I don't use Apple Pay personally, but I mean, I've been getting this a lot from, from clients and members that are like, oh, I need to, Apple Pay is getting me in trouble. Apple Pay is getting me in trouble because it's just so convenient. You can just tap a button and pay with Apple, right? Because now all these, all these retailers and merchants are taking Apple Pay. Just as an example, maybe you should consider detaching Apple Pay or turning it off. So, and carrying cash, which leads me into one of my next ones. Let's see. That's number four. So number one, again, look around you. Assess your environment and your reference group. Number two, get on a financial routine. Budget monthly. Track your spending. Watch what you're doing with your money. Number three, ditch debt ASAP. I've gone through this. I've got several trainings in the podcast, also in the community, if you would like to see those, those trainings with the live replays. But on, and I'm referring to non-mortgage debt here. But incorporate your debt payoff strategy in your budget, right? So as you're budgeting, as you're on that financial routine of looking at your money regularly, daily, right, you're also ditching debt. And you're putting that in order and being very organized about it and making sure that every month you're paying off more than what you owe if debt is hanging over your head, right? If debt is one of your big goals and your targets, get out of debt as fast as possible because the longer, like say for instance, $1,000 is your minimum payments. Your total minimum, minimum payments every month is $1,000, right? Well, that $1,000 could be going towards good growth stock mutual funds every month and making you a millionaire in the next 25, 30 years, right? The sooner you get out of that $1,000 of debt, of money going towards debt payments, the faster you'll be able to exponentially grow your money. Not only that, that's not even considering your income boosts, your bonuses, your, your growth in your business. You're going to make more money and more money is going to be able to go towards debt, right? That's number three. Number four, have quick access to cash. Cash is still king or queen, right? And use cash more often. So th this is kind of twofold talking about cash. What I mean also is having a six-month to a year emergency fund. If you're still in debt and you have, you know, paying off debt goals, 
three months of emergency fund is fine, but I'm I'm big about doing a six month emergency fund because again, the more cash you have available for emergencies and also to save money in the, on the front end, right? It's so incredible how much you can save when you're using cash. I mean, it hap- it, it just randomly happens all the time. Like my husband, he does, he takes care of the outside of the house. I take care of the inside of the house type thing. And, you know, like paying the tree guys to trim the trees, right? Like saving money on the front end that way. I've got cash. I'll pay you this much in cash. You can, you can barter with cash, right? You, there's just so much that you can do with cash on the front end. And when you're paying close attention to your money, chances are you're going to also work on saving money throughout your day and throughout your routine with spending money because you're going to be heavily aware of what's happening with your money. So whenever it comes down to spending it, especially because cash, as we all know, is more painful to spend than using a card, we're just going to be asking more questions, seeing more opportunities for discounts. Something else I do is when I'm at a store, I'm like, are there any coupons for this or that right now? Should I look online, especially like place like Michael's, just asking. You're just going to get into the routine of asking more questions as you're spending, especially when you're spending with cash and only taking so much, you know, for a specific category in your budget, right? So that's four. Number five, don't stop. Really, what I mean, the, the fifth thing is to start investing. And that's when you've, I mean, I'm not saying don't invest at all when you're in the process of getting out of debt or saving up for your emergency fund. It's kind of case by case. It really depends on your stability and how things are going. And there's a lot to take into account there. But what I mean is investing heavily, but not only investing in the market and or into the real estate market. Or, I mean, just get with a good advisor, a trusted advisor that doesn't make you feel dumb, that makes you feel empowered and helps you to set new goals forever. So this is kind of twofold. Make sure you're investing more into yourself and never stopping making new goals for your money. If you have gotten out of debt, that's amazing. But say you do on that date that when you timestamp, when you're going to get out of debt, And that date comes and you pay off that last debt payment. And then, oh, the next day comes when you save your fully funded emergency fund, right? Don't stop there. I found myself doing exactly that. Like, you know, saved up emergency fund, started working my business, but I didn't feel this urge, this sense of urgency to start making money in my business right away because like we were quote unquote, okay, we were doing fine. But the reality of it was, is that we weren't growing exponentially our wealth because I wasn't focused on that. And that's okay to like take a step back and take a breather when you're, when you've been really, you know, aggressive for a while and going super extreme and you want to take some space and enjoy life. And, you know, I get that, but make sure that there's always a next level, a next goal, a next thing that you want to do with your money. And of course that includes investing and making sure you're diversified Make sure that you're investing in yourself too. Read those books. Don't just read, but incorporate what you're learning from those books and get into groups where you're getting educated and learning. And if it takes money to invest in educating yourself even more, 
maybe getting some certificates or whatever, making, you know, yourself more professionally marketable. Don't stop. Okay. And just, I want to say one more thing. A crisis is always around the corner. So the faster you get to the point where you're on the fast track to financial independence, the better off you're going to be when the next crisis hits, because it will, it will. It, within the next five years, your family, my family, something bad, tough, difficult is going to happen. God forbid, but it does, right? Don't you want to be prepared for it? Taking these steps will do that. I hope that you love the show and I'll see you next time. Take care. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you loved it, send it to a girlfriend. That would mean the world to me. You can also find me on Instagram at Financial Fixer and feel free to tag me there too. So until next time, my friend, show your future self some love and spend with the end in mind.